Welcome to the Bright Squared Geekcast, your weekly perfectly symmetrical, perfectly balanced, and of course, perfect square. I'm your host, Brad Bellinger, and of course, joined by the Brad from the frozen wastelands of Canada, my co-host, Brad Rock. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brad. It is good to be here. We had a good week, some great news to talk about, and I am anxious to, uh, to bounce, you know, right into things. It's a beautiful day, the sun is shining, birds are chirping. How are things down in the States right now, Brad? It's going to be a scorcher today for us. All right, all right. So, Brad, okay. what is on your mind? So, um, we went pretty heavy on gaming, a little bit of tech for the last few casts. So let's start off with tech right off the bat for these. Um, let's start off with the Tesla battery. The Tesla battery, all right. They have a new battery that they're beginning deliveries for this summer. That means productions, they're just basically just stacking models and supplies. Yeah, production's to, done, they're ready to go. To, for people, for them to reserve them. So this means this thing is a thing. Um, it's called the Powerwall. The Powerwall. And this is not a car battery. This is a home battery. And this is to, um, it's, it's going to store your extra solar energy from during the day so you can be completely off the grid at night. So, have you ever been, um, have you fallen victim to this solar panel era? No, so we don't have solar power nearly as much in Canada as you do down in the States. I've, I've looked into it occasionally um most recently i you know i became a homeowner within the last couple of years so i've done a little bit of looking into it and it's fascinating what you can do with it but um especially in canada um and i mean you're a little bit in this too because you're in you know more northern states mm -hmm. but uh, it's more difficult to rely on solar panels we don't have as much sun uh on a regular basis we have a little bit longer winters we have a little bit shorter days um you know, I'm in Ottawa, so I'm not too much up north, but, uh, I mean, if we can get it working in Canada, it makes so much sense, because we're such a spread out country, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, power delivery is a big problem up here, but, uh, the other, I guess, barrier to entry for solar panel is we have some government subsidies, but I know you guys have done... So that was what I was going to ask, is yeah. I was going to say, how are the grants and stuff where you guys are yeah like you guys have done some really progressive stuff in the states in terms of uh, in terms of providing tax incentive and other kinds of uh, government subsidies towards solar panel and it's it, it's really quite uh, quite impressive I know in Europe as well they've done some amazing things but Canada is a little bit more behind in that um, for a lot of reasons um, you know. Well, here's here's a wonder I have. Sure. Is, um, well, the uh, I was just looking it up just now, and um, in the states, solar panels not only are do we get like government subsidies and stuff for them, but they are also tax free. Big AKA, you do not pay sales tax or any particular tax on solar panels. Yeah. Um, it looks to me. Just off of looking, this uh, Tesla Powerwall right. also tax free. So but, there's no tax on the three grand. It's just flat out three grand. And that makes sense. Like uh, you know, they're really trying to to push solar panel and solar energy. I mean, and tax on three energies. grand is 
hefty, so to say the very least. Yeah, I mean, I know. Do you have the same sort of thing in this in the states? This is getting a little bit uh, on a rant, <laughs> but uh, I mean, in Canada, we have different sales tax depending upon which province you're in. Uh, to an extent, Re- realistically, they're all the same now, except for Quebec. That's exactly how it is here. Okay. Um, our tax, our sales tax, is governed by two things. There's one federal, which is pretty low. Yep. Um, and then there is state, which is higher than the federal, and that's what makes our. Um, well, actually, there's three. I lied. There's federal, there's state, and then there's the local area tax. And so that gets your final number. So um, uh, just up from my house, the next town over, sales tax is just a little bit lower. Um, where I am, it's almost 8%, but like 2% of it is actual federal, basically. I don't know what federal is, to be honest with Jesus, you. Jesus, almost it's, 8%? It's low com- you're complaining about that? My God, Brad. <laughs> I would be dancing if I could pay 8% sales tax. But you have to remember, though, we pay 8% sales tax, but we also pay for a lot of things that you guys get for free. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's why we pay for I, I think your taxes in general are a, a little bit higher, maybe a lot bit higher. I don't know about that, but they are definitely higher than ours. Yes, they. I mean, we, we pay for for taxation on certain things. Like, you know, one of the reasons why we pay out the years for gas is it's heavily taxed. Um, oh, gas is heavily taxed. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Gas, cigarettes. There's there's a whole thing, Brad, that we could get into or I could explain to you. Like uh, <laughs> the native uh, communities, they have reserves where you're, you don't pay uh, tax, like sales yeah, tax. Yeah, and, we, and probably... we have, uh, what are they called? Uh, Reservations. There's, there's... No, there's there's like an outlet, basically. It's still under the under like the state and under the federal government. Yeah, yeah. Um, but whatever the area is, they don't charge sales tax, and so therefore, because it's only state and federal, it's quite lower. Like you almost don't even notice the sales tax. Right. And then other places are like you said, like reservations and stuff. There is no like tax. Yeah, it's 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 a strange thing. It's a strange thing, but uh, so in general is just so weird you pay it like you pay you get taxed on the dollar you made at work when you get it when you spend it and then the person that you spent it to pays it again (laughs) yeah yep i wonder how how we even keep track of money that way it's like do they just profit on a loss or something like that it's like what's going on Oh, God, Brad. Years and years of uh, economics classes. Yeah, I know. And I, I, can, I still have trouble explaining it sometimes. But, uh, you know, on the on the benefit, if I just cut off my foot in the middle of this cast, I can hobble over to a hospital free of charge when we're done. So uh, I guess I can't complain too much. But, yeah, so the Powerwall. The this power is wall. actually pretty interesting to me because um, I've heard a lot of people say that they love the power uh, – Oh, dog just distracted me. <laughs> uh, they're saying that they love solar panels. They got them because they got a grant for them. Um, you still have to pay for them, I think, in the States. There's still an expense, but I think a lot of it is paid by the grant, which is nice. Um, and so they're excited about them. They get them, and then they're kind of like, oh, man, I wish they were just a little bit better and I could just 
not need to be connected to electricity at all. Yeah. In the States, what happens is uh, you get a little overflow. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> hey, dog, can you stop that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, in the States, uh, there is... Um, Basically, you get a little bit of outflow electricity, and they will pay you for the extra electricity. Right. But these people would just rather just keep it. Because you have to remember, these same people that are getting paid a little bit for the electricity, they're full-on using electricity from the power company at night. Yeah, exactly. And so they're like, I like that I get paid for it. I like that I have a little bit of extra electricity. But at the same time... I'd prefer just to be off the grid rather than pay for electricity and then pay me a little bit back. They don't actually pay you. What happens is you use more at night than they actually pay you for, and so you just pay a little bit less. It's like yeah. a discount on your bill. Which, I mean, killed. it makes sense, Brad, Like I, that people would want to sort of get out of this uh, <laughs> this sort of cycle of, of having to be dependent. It makes sense from a governmental perspective. If you can get on alternative forms of energy – that's just it's so much more sustainable and it's it's a good progress to be making so you know good on tesla for for these developments it's it's interesting that they're starting to get into the battery game more than the car game and i wonder if it's because of some of the bad press that they've been receiving and some of the struggles they've had getting adoption from their um their cars but then you know on the tesla was in the news recently as well for wait was it tesla yeah, I was going to say, like, on the other... For paying back their loan, right? Oh, for paying back their loan. Okay. I think it was Tesla. I could be totally off, but I think it is Tesla. They had paid back a loan that was given to them by the government for, like, a bailout, I guess. Okay. Who was that? It could have been It could have been another car company. But, like, they're, like, the... F- it w- there was the first car company that ever, like, totally paid back their loan in full. Well, I, I don't know. Um... I'd be surprised if Tesla was part of that bailout, to be honest. That's what I'm saying, because that makes no sense. But they were in the news recently because sort of buried in their recent uh, press release, uh, they talked about uh, they're releasing another Roadster. Uh, It's going to be out within the next four years. So, you know, I say that this battery uh, that they're developing might be an indication that they're thinking about moving away from the car game, but then they're announcing... Uh, a new roadster which just looks fan or the last one looks fantastic and i mean having having another one out there like tesla they make cool stuff they make they do make they do make really cool stuff so you know within four years maybe uh maybe we'll have made enough money on the podcast to be driving around tesla uh tesla roadsters (laughs) hopefully anyway i have found the article that i was talking about okay they title it loser no more tesla repays Four point, not four point, four hundred and sixty-five million U.S. loan. So they borrowed money from the U.S. basically, um, and they paid it back in full. Crazy. They they wired the money to the federal government and paid it back. Well, good on them. Maybe a few Since of the uh... loan was part of a twenty ten advanced technologies manufacturing program. Oh, okay. It wasn't like it wasn't like a, they were going broke. It yeah, was it more of a, the government was giving them a loan um, because they really wanted them. They were they were actually really looking for alternative energy and stuff like that in 2010, 2009, that kind of area. Right. And so they gave them money. 
It was it was like signed by George Bush. They awarded them like they loaned them money to um it was totally separate from the auto bailout from right. GM and Chrysler. Totally separate. This was designed to get people to make fuel efficient vehicles to the consumer faster. And so Tesla probably said, well, I guess we could take this money if it makes it helps us do it faster. And then they're like, well, we make enough money, so here you go. Have, have it back. There you go. And they're the, they're the first one to make it back, to pay it back. Because GM and uh, Chrysler and all those guys, they still haven't paid their money back. <laughs> yeah. They probably never will. That's why they call it a bailout. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they paid it back in full. Good I stuff. thought it was Tesla, but that didn't sound right to me. But now that I realize it's not like a bankruptcy kind of thing. Yeah, that makes Now it sense. makes sense to me. Yeah. But yeah, cheers to them for doing all the, hitting all the marks, right? Absolutely. Please. This could make me interested in a, in a, in solar panels later down the road. I would want to make sure my house has like a lot of roof space. <laughs> oh yeah, there's so much to consider. Your roof space, Cause, cause what direction the roof, your the house... angle your roof yeah, the angle your roof is at, all that stuff. Oh yeah. And then how much sun you get during the year. Exactly. Where it's really tough to for them to like determine how much money you're gonna be able to save. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. The future is very cool. Uh, I want to talk about something that's a little bit worse now. Okay. A little bit disappointing, considering we have like all the hype on the Tesla power cells and stuff. Um, it is Amazon Prime Day. Amazon Prime Day. Oh my god! So this was going to be this. Came out right. It was supposed to be sort of like a Black Friday-ish kind of style, right? Amazon sells this as like the second coming of Jesus. Like this is how great this day is going to be. And then guess what happened? bust right off the beginning people are like on twitter complaining they're like oh man i saved two dollars off my toilet paper amazon <laughs> oh my god my <laughs> I wife i think they did end up cranking out some good deals on things that weren't nearly as stupid um but it did start off pretty weak sauce i yeah like my wife and i uh right now we're we're very focused on uh on doing some like home renovations and stuff like that so we're like all right we're not spending any money on anything. And then Amazon Prime Day gets announced, and we're like, Jesus, we could use a new TV. <laughs> and we're like, oh, man, like we're not even going to sign up for a Prime account because we don't want to be tempted. And then the day comes and goes, and we like take a look at what the deals are, and we're like, thank God we didn't bother with this stupid Prime account. <laughs> what a bloody waste. You should have seen the sales, man. Um, even sales that were on like items that were actually good were stupid. Oh yeah. Um, there was a Sony PlayStation Four console on there by Sony, so it was like it wasn't like through like the third party retailers. Yeah, You're yeah. literally buying it from Sony, and the regular price is three hundred ninety nine ninety nine. Okay, the sale price for the Prime thing was three hundred ninety nine and eighty nine cents, ten cents <laughs> off. Well, see, Brad, you know what you want to do if, if, if you want a better deal than that is just drive over the border and spend your dollar on a PlayStation from my country. Oh my that'll, God. That'll, that'll net you better than uh, 10% it would. off. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> I'm looking at these best responses of Amazon Prime Day. There's one that says four pairs of gently used 
panties for two dollars and eighty eighty six cents. It says best deal I've seen so far. Fifteen percent off box of pop tarts. <laughs> the next web had something along the lines of Amazon Prime was a bust unless you were looking for like giant industrial sized tubes of lube. Yeah, they they were selling um. And they weren't even all that discounted either. There was like, I mean, the I think the lube was discounted pretty well, but it was like fifteen grand for like this huge like twenty gallon thing of lube or something like that. I can't remember what it was. It was hilarious. Oh my god, it was such a strange thing. And Amazon is touting this as a major success. Like I don't. Well, I mean, I guess if you were into like Flintstone gummies. I think it's just they ended up selling a lot that day. But you know what? I I actually... I mean, some people do buy their Pop-Tarts off Amazon. <laughs> so 50% off is Pop-Tarts. a big deal. Uh, ironically enough, it was also a great day for other online retailers uh, because people were looking at deals on Amazon, then finding them at better prices elsewhere and buying them elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like It was a strange day. I guess Amazon made more money than usual, and I guess they can consider that a success. But from a public relations perspective this was just a train wreck brad this, we have one person here that says hashtag prime day is like when grandma says help yourself to the candy jar but it has nothing but raisins and sugar-free salt t- water taffy in it <laughs> <laughs> and lube and lube lube and grandma's candy jar there was 20 percent off dishwasher detergent i do need some dishwasher detergent See, I do too, but I don't buy it through Amazon. <laughs> Maybe we'll start. Now, if I was one of those people, because some people do it, man. Some people, like, never go to the grocery store. They literally buy all their groceries, every bit of it, on Amazon. You know what, Brad? Like, I love Amazon. And, I mean, obviously in the States, you can do things I would like do that. it if they delivered the toilet paper right to my bathroom door. <laughs> Like, let's say I'm sitting on the toilet, and I'm like, okay, I need a drone to come to my house in 10 minutes. I was going to say, the drones will be able to do it. I need the drone to come to my house in 10 minutes, but not only can it, does, do I need it to drop it off, I need it to actually fly in my house to the bathroom, because I'm, I'm in trouble here. Yeah, buddy. If <laughs> Order it, for my phone. <laughs> if it's going to take you 10 minutes to finish what you got to do in there, you should see a doctor. <laughs> I was trying to give the drone time. <laughs> Oh my god, but yeah, like, I, I, you know, I love Amazon, and I, I rag on them a little bit. They're obviously not nearly as expansive in Canada as they're in the States in terms of what they offer, but they're pretty fantastic. I did... Yep, they had pencil sharpeners. I, I didn't do any Christmas shopping last year, or for the past two years, other than buying oh. things on Amazon. Like, it's, it's really great, but you know what? In the middle of June, if you're, or July... If you want me to jump on a sale bandwagon when I don't have a Christmas coming up or Christmas just passed, uh, you really, really need to offer up, up some great deals. And they just didn't. It was a huge, huge underwhelming offering, um, certainly for from a can- Canadian perspective, obviously from a state's perspective. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think we're going to see a prime day number two. I don't know. They said it seemed pretty successful, so maybe they'll do another piece of shit again. Yeah, but you know what? They they can tout all, all you know the the business success all they want, but I'm sure mm-hmm. from a PR perspective, it did not do well for them. I'm sure they're a little bit hurt in front. Oh, of not for PR, because people Twitter every piece of social media they were like, "This is garbage." 
Oh yeah, yeah. Like they they took a beating, and I'm sure they you know they had a modest financial success from it. Yes, it was a big shopping day for them, but you know the other problem with trying to do these sales days is you can sell a lot of revenue, but you're not making as much profit because you're offering these huge discounts. So mm-hmm. if you're going this route, you're already. I mean, unless you're selling the PS4 for ten cents off. That's true. That's true. Then you're still making a a steal. <laughs> Uh, did you buy one though? Like, I mean, I mean, you know, there's... I did not buy one. <laughs> oh, come on, Brad! You can you can take the chip out of it, and then you can make yourself a rocket ship. I could. You could. Although I need to buy a PS One to do that. That's true. Do, do you see how I did that segue? I do see the segue. Brad, enlighten our our listeners because this was actually news to me, and this was really fascinating. Okay, so. While scouring the internet for something to talk about, I came across something actually interesting. Most of the <laughs> most of the internet news you have to hear through word of mouth, otherwise it's crap. Um, but this is pretty good. Uh, it said that the pro- everybody knows about the New Horizons probe, of course. Just went by Pluto, sent us lots of pictures. Well, those pictures were sent to us via a CPU that is not from. A PlayStation One, but it is the identical one that they have placed in the PS One. So the same exact CPU. It wasn't like retrofitted; they actually just put it in there. But it's the same one that is in a PlayStation One. Is there anything that console can't do? I don't know. I still own one, and I played it. I haven't played it in the last five years. I'll say that, but. Even playing it five years ago is playing it pretty recent, considering it came out in before I was born, probably. <laughs> and unlike the PlayStation Two, the PlayStation One, reg, you know, still works. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's got a PS Two that's still functional, because that thing, hardware-wise, was a piece of crap. Uh, I mean, longevity. unless they're running it as a PC, maybe yeah, then yeah. it still. But Christ, like that. I mean, it was an amazing console. That's just a really fun tidbit of news. Um, but, uh, you know, while, while we're talking about the, 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 the probe there that went by Pluto, I, you know, that's, that's really, really neat that we were able to do that. But I wonder, like, why are we sending a probe to a lowly moon? Should these, should these not be reserved for planets? Now see what they're arguing is they're arguing now that they've, excuse me, (laughs) they're arguing now that they've seen pictures of Pluto and that like they've sent a probe out there to send, take pictures of it and stuff. Now there are people within the community arguing that it should become a planet again. Neil deGrasse Tyson is his shoe. <laughs> it should get planet status. You're damn right it should get planet status. The magic school bus told me Pluto was a planet. I'm taking that to the bank. Listen, I grew up in school with the little acronym. I can't remember what it is now. But Pluto was in it. You know what I mean? You guys needed an acronym to remember nine planet names? It was when I was in, like, third grade. (laughs) Brad, I I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Although I don't remember the the acronym, but I do remember all the planets. That's good. In order. So I guess it did me some good, but... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, really, really fascinating stuff, though. Like, I love the photos that we've mm-hmm. gotten from Pluto. Really crazy to look at. Uh, great meme uh, capabilities here. I'm, I'm sure you've seen the That's No Moon uh, Death Star one. 
like just hilarious the last in the last week what people have come up with but it's you know we, we make these jokes about it but it's really just a feat of of engineering and human ingenuity that we went from 100 years ago just learning how to fly and then now we've sent rockets to these planets that are i mean year light years away from us that, that are now I, sending I think photos. is the main reason they did it is because just for them to wrap their head around it right they've sent a piece of metal that left our planet right it used calculated math to go all the way and you got to think this is actually really incredible even more incredible than i just thought it was two seconds ago because you have to think about it pluto's orbit is huge oh yeah you have to time everything just perfect to make sure that probe actually reaches it absolutely doesn't totally miss it by like twenty thousand years (laughs) it's crazy um but to think it we sent a piece of metal from our planet so far away from our planet and then not only that but the piece of metal is able to send images from so far away all the way back here. Think about it. I can go to some places in the United States and my cell phone coverage is nothing. I can't make a phone call. <laughs> and yet this this satellite probe using a CPU from a PlayStation 1 is able to send pictures, high-def pictures, all the way back to, the, to us. There That's you go. Crazy. Pick up your game, Verizon. If, if, you know, why can Brad not get cell service when he goes right? into a subway? Why can't I go, like, camping or something, yeah. and all of a sudden my internet goes out? And camping is, I wasn't even in the tunnel. I'm out in in space. I can, you, I can see the sky. And right. I still can't get coverage. So it's like, come on, Verizon. They can send high-def pictures from so far away. And yet I can't get even one bar? <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? I mean, they've got more money than the Pluto team did, so uh, they they should be able to do this. Yeah, they should. Now, I guess the reason that Pluto is technically not a planet has to do with the criteria to be a planet. It has to orbit the sun, which it does. It has to have enough gravity that it forces itself into a sphere, which it is. Um, But it also has to... Um, the object has to be large enough to clear its orbit. So when it orbits around the sun, it needs to be large enough that its gravity and its mass totally clear out a space in orbit where there's nothing there but itself. But it, it orbits around in the... It's called Kupler Belt? Yeah. And it's a bunch of asteroids, and it goes through, and it doesn't clear them all out, basically. It's not large enough to do that. Mm. Basically, it just goes around through them. Sometimes it gets hit. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, which also means not only because it's cold you don't want to live there, but you also don't want to live there because it'd be pretty bumpy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you, Brad. You have a real future in real estate. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Think about it like every like 20 minutes you're hitting a rock. Okay, cool. okay, okay. <laughs> um I don't know, but our probe made it through pretty good, so It did. It did. So, you know, less bumpy than Pluto. 
but it said they're saying it should become a planet. It should return to planet status. Um, they're they're playing with my heartstrings here. You know, it is. I know. It's a planet. It's not a planet. It's a planet their main again. Objection is literally wording. They're saying they're the wording for the requirements is they call it clearing the neighborhood. The planet needs to clear the neighborhood. Um, but they say that the literal definition clearing the neighborhood is too vague. What that, is clearing? That I mean, the pretty... planet does go through and it does hit stuff that's in its orbit, getting rid of it. What is clearing? You know what I mean? Technically it goes through and it clears it all the time. And it's still, it's still orbiting the earth after hitting a bunch of asteroids. So clearly it can hold its own. Well, you know what? I'm I'm going to leave this one for the scientists to decide what they want to do, but to me Pluto will always be a planet. Mhm. I agree. And you'll have to remember you'll Pluto, ha you'll have to though. figure out what the acronym is for next time. I will have to figure it out. <laughs> and I I just I I'm really need to restate that the Canadian education system is able to teach us the order <laughs> of all of the planets without an acronym. What was it? My very elegant mother something. <laughs> Just spanked. <laughs> I could make up my own. <laughs> Jesus. I could make up my own. <laughs> okay, okay. Brad, we need another we need another segue into a different topic. You're 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 getting weird. Anyway. Okay. Um well, we've talked. We, we've went into the uh, PlayStation CPU, right? Yeah. Um, let's go over. Let's just totally switch gears. Let's go a little bit more into gaming. Okay. I want to talk about the Kickstarter for Shenmue Three. For Shenmue Three, holy crap! The most money that has been raised by a game on Kickstarter. Unbelievable! Like. This was a game that people were, you know, we talked about this on the cast, that part of the reason why a Kickstarter made sense was to validate the idea that people would still want this game. And holy crap, do people still want this game? Mm -hmm. $6.3 million, Brad. Yeah. For a game. That means that people will be really pissed off if they bring out something really like shit so they can keep most of the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, with $6.3 million, if they spend that, it'll still, it could still be a real shit game. You need a lot more money than that to build you Shenmue do. 3. You do, but the issue is, is who's going to give that much money? I mean, we were surprised people gave $6.3 million oh, God, to yeah, a Kickstarter that's... game. So that was just unexpected. So, I mean, to imagine somebody to... Donate what the actual game would cost to make is just too too much to even think about. I mean, oh. I know I couldn't imagine people donating and kickstarting tens, twenties. You know what I mean? That's just a lot for people to spend. No, but I mean, this is why you know it's it's actually getting backed by a studio. Like it's it's not that's exciting. Yeah, like it's that not a people actually want it that. I mean, I think they went around it the right way, I guess. I mean, how would you do it if you needed money to make a game, right? And you also wanted to gauge interest? Yeah, that's that's the thing, Brad. Like, how this, would you do it? This wasn't about getting money, and... I mean, it was, it was a little bit about getting money. Well, <laughs> I mean... That makes yes and no. Like, you, you think uh, about the original Shenmue game, 
Uh, cost, oh God, upwards of $70 million to make, I think. It was insanely expensive. It was the most expensive at the time. It was a huge undertaking. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, it, it was a big hit, but that was many years ago. So they, they know that if it costs $70 million 15 years ago, it's going to cost more now. Uh, but it's, and, and you know, obviously, they're not going to complain about $6 million being crowdfunded. But this was really a pre-order, pre-order on a massive scale to gauge interest and make sure it was worth them spending their money. Mm-hmm. And it, it really, really validated that. I mean, this was huge. They're definitely, they're going to have no problem now being funded by the studios, or sorry, by the, by a studio, by a produce, uh, production studio. I mean, it's pretty massive. I wouldn't be surprised if one of like the really big guys decided that they were going to throw a little cash in. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you know, they, they were on stage at the PlayStation, at PlayStation's E3 event. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if PlayStation gave them a little bit of money to I'm do I'm sure it. they did. Like, they've, give, they've given worse games money to do stuff. Absolutely. And I mean, if they're going to give them a spot, uh, like a critical spot at E3 during their yeah, press conference, obviously they're they're backing it. Obviously there's money behind it. It's mm-hmm. just a, a matter of, you know, again, like validating the idea. Yeah. It's it's completely incredible, though, but I, I do worry how many people, not worry per se, um, but I, I wonder how many people who are backing Shenmue 3 have actually played Shenmue 1 and 2 <laughs> and who are actually fans. Like, this game has such a cult status and the internet is such a, you know, jumping on board type of place. See, it, it does make you wonder how many people are just excited about the idea of this mythical game. And I do worry that some people are going to get be a little bit disappointed. I mean, thinking about Shenmue 1 and 2, like, it's... They're good games, but they can also be very boring games at times. Like, uh-huh. these aren't... You know, this, this isn't a Halo where it's nonstop action. This is a game where there were you know, incredibly detailed side quests around mundane activities. Yep. Uh, but I mean, I've, you know, I, I'm excited for this. This is huge news. This is really, really impressive that this game of all games got so much backing and so much excitement around it. So it's fun to see what's going to happen. Um, I'm glad to see it, you know, alive and kicking again. We had, uh, the original was released on the Dreamcast. The second one uh, made its way to Xbox. This is now going to be a full cross-platform release. It's going to be on PlayStation and I believe Xbox as well. I, I, I see here that it, it is being developed for Microsoft Windows and PlayStation 4. Yeah. So I don't see Xbox there, but it says Microsoft Windows, so maybe they'll do an Xbox release? <laughs> One would assume. I, I have a feeling that uh, now, I mean... With the whole Microsoft bit, Windows is so weird to say. Why would you say Microsoft Windows? Because, right, like, the, that's sort of the point of Windows why don't you 10. Just say, why don't you say made for PC and, you know what I mean? And PlayStation 4 yeah, and Xbox. That, that's part of the thing behind Windows 10, though, Brad, is they're trying to make it uh, so that the, the terms are almost agnostic. Like, it can be Xbox, it can be PC... You know, if you're programming for Windows, you're programming for Windows, and it just mm-hmm. works on both. It's just a matter of controller mapping and some Xbox optimization. So I, I think that's the idea behind Microsoft yeah. pushing now. It's like you're not developing for Xbox, you're developing for Windows. But uh, no, very exciting news. Uh, crowdfunding is just, 
it's it's the the mo- one of the most interesting thing that's that's come to life in the past uh, I don't know five years or so is this concept of crowdfunding and the gaming industry. You know, crowdfunding can bring about some pretty good games. To be Absolutely. Honest with you. So yeah, I've been playing a, a few indie games recently. Um, Big Pharma was one of them. Right, right. Uh, Holy Potato, a weapon shop I just picked up yesterday. That was really fun. So indie games are really, can be really good, well made. I mean, especially when they're funded during development. I mean, I can list a ton of indie games that have become bigger just because of funding, right? Um, early access funding. Because Absolutely. I, like, I think a majority of games nowadays decide, why don't we come out on Steam early access and people can help us continue to develop it? So you got like Stranded Deep, Subnautica I've heard of. Um, just lost the, the name. <laughs> yeah, like uh, The Long of- Dark. There's really good games out there that are like early access, help us fund while we go kind of thing. Absolutely, like one of the one of the biggest um, exciting pieces about sort of the this merge of internet and gaming that that came in two thousands um, is exactly this kind of thing is is that we've we've paved the way for things like crowdfunding we've paved the way for early access for open betas there's so much there's so much bad that came with it right like no one will argue that uh, that day one patches are a good thing or the idea that you can now ship a broken game because you can fix it after the fact. <laughs> like, this is obviously a problem, and it's a problem that we need to deal with with as a gaming community. But I, I think there's, there's so many benefits. The idea of these open betas, uh, early access, you know, kickstarting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, yeah, like, I mean, obviously Shenmue is not an indie game. This isn't a small studio that needs this you know desperately needs this the 6.3 million dollar yeah 6.3 million dollars but i mean we, we have to be frank this would not have happened without kickstarter no no there is no way because that... people they would not notice if there was a, a want and a desire and it just would have been like oh well people aren't that interested just drop it off then we'll, let's not do it absolutely it's like, not worth it yeah I, there, it, w- it would have been too hard to validate this 15-year-old game to make mm-hmm. sure that people still wanted it. Let's do a little bit of a debate here. How do you? Which one do you f- feel more? Uh, which one are you more apt to use? Um, a um, a Kickstarter, right, right, for a game, or an early access? Where you just pay for the game before it's kind of finished, but you get to sort of play through it. Um, you can see how it's developing, that kind of thing. I mean, for me personally, I really like early access. Um, a lot of times they'll do it even cheaper than like full game release, which is definitely nice. And they you'll they'll usually give you like a copy of like the full game. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I also like knowing that not only did I help this game. To come to fruition, but I also got something in return right off the bat that I can sort of like play around with, even if it's broken. Yeah, like there's really two two schools of thought on it, right? Like if you if you are involved in early access, you you're getting something tangible. It might be broken and janky, and you'll have to fight with it, but it's tangible. On the other side of the coin, you have so much excitement about 
a uh, about a crowdfunded game. You know, it could be mm-hmm. two years before you even see anything about it, or be that, that's before you get to play with it. Is but they would never have two- an idea, right? Of if they did like a whole early access thing, they'd already have to start developing. Absolutely, and that's the other side of the coin is that you develop something that might not have any interest. Instead, if you do a Kickstarter, you don't actually have to have anything physical. You know what I mean? That's and that's what's nice with Kickstarter. That's why I kind of like both. I do like to be able to play things, but sometimes I have to understand that they want, you know what I mean? They want to see your engagement before they even start developing. Part of the beauty of Kickstarter, though, and beyond, you know, the benefits to the to the dev shop about not having to have something tangible yet, is it's it's excitement. It's exciting as a gamer to feel like you're on the ground floor of this, to feel like, oh, my God, like I'm. I'm part of this. It's not there yet, but it sounds so cool. It brings back the the feelings that you used to get from, you know, opening up your Nintendo Power and finding out, you know, seeing early looks at stuff, uh, you know, seeing Earthworm Jim 64, which obviously never came, or 3D or whatever they ended up calling it. Um, but you saw those few screenshots and you're like, that's amazing. And you think about everything it's going to be. Like, one of my fondest gaming memories is... Uh, opening up a Nintendo Power and finding some a game called Harvest Moon. Um, and Harvest Moon is a series I love. It, it was a big part of my childhood. But, you know, for the original Super Nintendo and reading about this farming simulator and imagining in my head, oh my god, like, what is this going to be? Planning out strategies for when I rented the game. And it took me years before I finally found a copy to rent. But I was just so excited to find, to, you know, to eventually get my hands on this. And I was obsessed with this game from you know, a three-page uh, a three-page article about something that I might get one day. And it's, it's that mm-hmm. same sort of feeling. You know, nowadays with the internet, you can consume everything about a game as soon as it's out. But if it doesn't exist yet, and it's... it's this, this, this Kickstarter, this, or, or, uh, this crowdfunding plan, you can shape in your mind what you think it might be, because even the developer doesn't know yet. It's not done yet. There's so much more excitement around a Kickstarter, and it's so much easier to get yourself enthralled in this. It's there's something, you know, that harkens back to to the excitement of of, of childhood with a with a Kickstarter with a you know an early access or sorry as opposed to an early access. An early access mm-hmm. is great because you buy it and then okay I get to to fight janky zombies like it's it's fun. I know that this game will be like this when it's released but better and i'm helping them by getting you know in early and that's nice and it's fun but if i get a game on early access unless this is a super exciting revolutionary game it's gonna be difficult to hold my attention until it comes out Mm -hmm. and then i've got to fight you know then i've got to deal with the fact that okay i've played this early access i've played this beta i now know what the beginning of the game is like and if it's a single player experience I then have to redo all of this work. Like that kind of sucks. It's a little bit monotonous sometimes. You know, that's it it's it's part of that trade-off. And you know, there's a trade-off obviously to early access. You might not or sorry, a trade-off to to crowdfunding. You might not get this ever. But at least there's that excitement of being able to imagine what it might be and get these regular updates from the developer and you feel like you're part of the team. It's just a better experience overall even though the value you get from early access is arguably better th- than the value you get from crowdfunding. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, while we're on the topic of the Shenmue Kickstarter with $6.3 million, um, we have been talking for the past couple casts about the iOS game that I have been playing, uh, Fallout, Fallout Shelter, right? Yeah. Well, they have made, they have accrued $5.1 million in the first two weeks of the game's release. For a mobile game? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's just crazy to think about, Brad. Yeah, that, that's all, um... And the game's free, so, so that's all, like, purchasing, like, add-ons that you want to just help yourself out with, basically. Have you purchased any add-ons, Brad? Nope. They didn't, none of, not a single dollar from that 1.5 is mine. <laughs> not not 1.5, 5.1. That, that's crazy I'm, to think about. Like, yeah. And, you know, I mean, not to, to hark on it, it's also only on iOS. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, obviously it's the the broadest platform. It's 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 got the highest adoption rate. But that's crazy to think about that, you know, you've got this silo of, of mobile gaming People don't have to pay for this. I'd argue the vast majority probably aren't. Yet you're still making probably. $5.1 million. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. So good on Bethesda. Like, I, you know, it makes me wonder what the, how much... And we weren't even expecting it either. No, That's I mean... That's the it, thing. Yeah. Nobody, everybody expected them to announce um, 4. Yeah. But not to announce... Um, a vault simulator. A mobile game that was literally, like, available, like... You could see, while before the end of the Bethesda conference, you could purchase it while you were in the not purchase it. You could download yeah. it while you were in the the room, basically. And that's crazy. Like the, you know, it's it it goes to show you E three is there's a lot of approaches that you can take to it, right? You can do the the big announcement, the big reveal mm-hmm. of your game, and build hype for the next three months, or you can drop a mobile game mid conference and within a month make five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it, you can if you're Bethesda. <laughs> and and there's literally only one microtransaction. There's not like multiple, like you can't like do this and do this and do this. Literally, you can only do one thing. It's buy like lunch. buying items, yeah. And it's, I think maybe that's where they where the, the magic lies. Um, because there is um, Hearthstone, right? Yeah. I think you can purchase like packs kind of and like you get like random cards, I think. Yeah, I think so. If I'm not mistaken. And that's the only thing you can do. But they're random, right? And so it's like, uh, it's also like CSGO where like you open a case and you get a random item. Yeah. So like you sort of are like bidding on these boxes that you open up and you get five random things. You know what I mean? So you're thinking part of the success is just how simple it is. Mm-hmm. And you know it's not a guaranteed win. It's not yep. build this faster. It's yep. if you... I think it, I think it's literally like... How people can like spend thousands of dollars on cases in CSGO. CSGO. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. People are like, I could, because they guarantee you at least one rare, one rare okay. per. And so you get a little bit of an incentive. You're like, well, I know I'm going to at least get one really good thing. So Brad, is this, is this, you know, free to play done well? Like, is this what we want yeah. out of free to play? Not, yeah. not build, you know, not make the game <laughs> boring to play unless you pay. Instead, it's you know give yourselves these little bonuses i mean i i'm not gonna say i haven't opened any lunch boxes because they literally have given you an alternative option that's totally free you get three um 
objectives at a time. Okay. Uh, once you complete one, you get a new objective that fills that slot. You can also skip one a day. You can like totally skip an objective and it gives you a new one. Okay. And so you have these three objectives that interchange back and forth. They're always leaving and going. Once you finish one, you get a new one immediately. And uh, so most of the time, they're just for caps. Okay. But sometimes they're for a lunchbox. And at the very beginning of the game, they start you off with quite a few of them will give you lunchboxes. And then later on down the road, um, if you get like a really hard one, that will be a lunchbox. Um, just it's kind of a drug-pushing approach. Like the first few are free, <laughs> and then you got to pay for them if you really want them. If you really want them. And I don't really care for them too much. Um, anything that comes in cases, you can actually get for free as well. Yeah. Um, like rare weapons and stuff, you right. can get from just exploring the wasteland for a really long time. Okay. If you have a dweller that can last out there for a day or two, um, the length of time is the better the stuff. So by the time you get on day two, you're probably getting only rare items. Right. Um, other things that come in the case are, pe are people. that will Once you get them, they will actually arrive at the vault. You can place them where you want them. Um, you can build a radio tower... And there's a random chance that once the, the countdown timer on the radio tower reaches zero, you might get somebody. You might not get nobody. Um, but if you do get somebody, then there's also a random chance that it's uh, a rare person that has way higher stats than base. Brad, I so need this have... game on Android. Like, come on, Bethesda. You got come a month, you've they got, said. You've got $5 million now to build an Android version. Let's get it out faster. I want to play this thing. It's fun. I'm, I'm trying to open it right now. I haven't opened it in a couple of days, I'll be honest with you. Um, Everyone's dead? No, everybody's still alive. Did you forget Guy in the Wasteland again? No, I didn't. Are I you sure, sure you haven't opened it yet? I, I just opened it now. <laughs> um, there's also like a cap bonus. Like Every day you open it, that's a new day. Yeah. You will get caps based on like your happiness of the vault. Yeah, yeah. Like Currently the... I'm at 83%, so that's good. Um. Let me see. Let me go to my achievements real quick. So I have three. Um, one of them is ex extinguished five vault fires. Those are either random events or when you rush a room and you fail, it could start a fire. Um, I have to have one dweller exploring the wasteland for seven hours. That's continuous, not added together. So one guy has to be out there for, a, for at least seven hours. Okay. That's also caps. Um, and then I have upgrade four rooms. That's also caps. Okay. Sometimes they are lunchboxes. Um, currently, but you know I had five vault fires, so I mean I know what I have to do. Right. Um, it's I, they do it well. Like I've not seen anything I've gotten out of a lunchbox that I haven't been able to get uh, just playing. Yeah, you know I mean. Yeah. Um, they reward you for playing. Basically, you play, you get resources. If you don't play, you don't. Um. However, um, you can close the game. There's a little bit of a penalty for closing. So, I mean, they obviously want you to continue to play, right? Yeah. There's a little bit of a penalty for closing. The penalty is when you close, the resources get used a little bit while it's at, when it first closes. Yeah, yeah. But then eventually that. it stops using them. So yeah. it's not like you have to play the game or people will die. It's not like a, uh, what, did, what did I have when I was a kid? Um a Tamagotchi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like those. I mean, it sort of is, but not really. Like, people won't die while you're gone. Man, those things um, suck. People can die in the wasteland while you're gone. That's a lie. They can do that. Yeah. But I can revive them. 
with money. There you go. <laughs> no, like it's it's it sounds like a great premise of a game. Um, I I understand why they've made so much money. Like, and and I agree. This is free to play done well. I mean, I've I've played a few free to play games. Um, I don't know if you've ever played Adventure Capitalist on uh, on iOS or Android. My buddy and I got obsessed with that for a little while, but I think so. It's it sounds familiar. It's you know it's one yeah. of those it's one of those click games, right? Is like, it? That's what I was gonna say. I was like, is it kind of like a cookie clicker kind of game? Basically, like gotcha. And you know what? Like they're they're okay. And then I've played free to play really well, like Marvel Heroes twenty fifteen on uh, on Steam. See, I've played Cookie Clicker before. But I don't like to play it like people play it. I like to sort of like <laughs> I like to like exploit the game. <laughs> and so like they have like achievements, right? And so what I'll do is I'll literally just keep the browser open, and I will just stare at it. I won't ever click the cookie, never. So I start off with zero cookies, right? I just stare at it, stare at it, and then once a gold cookie comes up, I'll click it, and hopefully it gives you cookies, okay? And then I will just purchase things that automatically make them, and I'll never have to click it ever. <laughs> so I like to make a clicker game turn into a never click a game. There you go. <laughs> You're ruining the one fun interactive part of this game. Yep, basically. Um. Yeah, I was I was pretty excited about the to hear that Fallout did actually pretty well on a game that you don't even have to purchase stuff on. Um. One thing I wanted to mention real quick, I don't actually want to go too into depth on it. I just want to get like your uh your excitement value, I guess. <laughs> okay, my excitement um, value. All right. So, have you heard of Curse? I haven't up until uh recently. I'm still not entirely sure what Curse is other than the fact that and I'm guessing this is your news story today. Could be. <laughs> Other than the fact that they're, uh, they, uh, basically you, you were able to go on to get, uh, beta codes for Rainbow Six. Yeah, so what they, ha what Curse is, is, um, Curse is sort of like a site where, um, they have, like, uh, well, they actually have, like, a, like, a download that you can get, and it is, uh, sort of like voice chat. For multiple games, so you have like World of Warcraft is their main one. Um, the reason they have that is because like Curse also is like really into like uh, MLG. Okay. And so they do like MLG events. Okay. Um, but they will. Um, they have quite a few games on their site that they list. You can click on them. Like there's Terraria here. Um, it can bring you to like the wiki. It could also just bring you to. Um, it's basically like a site game. I guess like it displays a lot of games. They do give out beta codes for a lot of games. Um, some new games they will actually give you free access to as long as you have an account. Okay. Um, their really big thing, other than MLG for World of Warcraft, um, to be honest with you, is a game that's pretty old by now. I mean, it's still kind of popular, but it's pretty old. Um, Minecraft, believe it or not. Yeah, they have I mean, a, Minecraft's old, but Minecraft... whole half of the website devoted to Minecraft, actually. Well, Minecraft um, is still huge. Yeah, although they don't... Surprisingly, they actually don't go for base Minecraft, really. Their main... Like, half of their website is dedicated to 
uh, modifying Minecraft, I guess. Okay. They have they they distribute packs of modifications for the game. Right. Um, I know Curse actually through that years ago when Minecraft first came out. Um, I worked for a place called Feed the Beast. They were like the first founders of mod packs, I guess. Okay. Um, and they've recently like uh, merged with Curse, and okay. that's how I've heard of Curse. Um, but on topic, this Rainbow Six Siege, they are giving away closed beta access codes. So this beta is not open. You need a code, and they are giving away codes to it. Yeah. And your only requirement is you must have a Curse account. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> um, it's 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 really really interesting. Uh, All platforms. You can get the code for PC. You could get the code for PlayStation Four, or you can get it for Xbox One. Well, one of the benefits too is, uh, um, or or sorry, what, like one one not benefits, but one of the exciting things about this is, it gives a little bit more confidence in the release dates that they're setting. See, for... that's what I'm. That's what I was seeing. Is I wasn't too excited about the beta code. I mean, I kind of interested in the beta code, um, but I'm more interested in the fact that since they're giving away a beta code, it means that they are. I mean, it, it it's a closed beta. But at the same time, it's saying, well, there is a beta to play. Yeah. And so this is eventually going to come out, whether it takes a year or 10 years, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, um, absolutely. Like, it, are, it, Does this get you excited about the game? I'm excited. I haven't been excited for a Rainbow Six game in a while. And, and you know, uh, E3 got me kind of excited for it. Talking with you got me excited for it. Like, I'd love to play a, Rainbow, a good Rainbow Six game again. I have very fond memories of playing the original on the Nintendo 64 many years ago. Uh, like, it's... It's it's just... It's... You know, it's it's one of those games that brings back so much from, uh, from your childhood. It makes you think uh, sort of back to, uh, to when first-person shooters were a little bit more in their infancy. And, you know, there's nothing quite like a Rainbow Six game. It's, it's a very unique play style. It's a very unique approach. So I'm I'm excited, you know, just to know that this is going to come out because especially with all of the delays that have been happening with with these styles mm -hmm. of <clears throat> with these styles of games, like the division is still in development hell. Um, it's it's nice to get a little bit more confidence in a release. Um, one thing I do want to add, though, I was I was doing some digging into this, um, and these beta codes are no longer available exclusively through Curse. Uh, they are also being offered um, for in exchange, basically, for donations to Extra Life, uh, which is well, that's uh, pretty nice. Yeah. So they're they're really pushing these out like this. You know, it, it's a closed beta, but that's a pretty damn open closed beta. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the fact that they have not only confidence that this is going to be released, but confidence that they can send out a very large number of beta keys to users uh, to, mm -hmm. to be jumping into this game. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm pretty excited for it simply because they're giving away quite a few codes. It means that the game is kind of coming to fruition. Um, however, another game that I actually just got you interested in, I was kind of interested in it, um, they have a... Uh, I'll give you the. I'll give everybody just sort of the story title. Okay, we'll we'll title it 
play horde game the flock before it shuts down forever oh my god the flock so i've told you about the flock and once you got the premise of the game ticking clock to play you immediately were like this is kind of cool <laughs> absolutely like uh, you know this is very much a game that i would ignore uh, under normal circumstances because you know, survival horror is not always my cup of tea. I've enjoyed some games. I've not enjoyed some games. Uh, so I'm picking and choosing. Uh, it's not a game that I've heard much about before. It's not something that I I feel has any kind of an establishment to draw me to it, except for this not even, you know, uh, game plot, but just, you know, distribution plot. Uh, so... You know, you, you we were talking about this this morning. This so the flock is. is basically going to be a uh, a game where there is a finite number of users who can go in and die. Basically, it's a survival horror game. Under the normal plot, you go in, and once you die, the population of the game reduces by one. When the population hits zero, uh, access to the game is then closed. No one can buy this game any longer, and then there is a I can't remember how they had termed it, but basically... They called uh, it a cinematic finale. A cinematic finale, that's right, to the game. No, not cinematic. I can't I can't read. Climactic finale. <laughs> same, same difference. So it's same a, difference, though. Yeah, a climactic finale to this game where uh, it's, it's sort of one last hurrah for everyone who's gotten access to the game, and then it shuts down forever. It's... Until the remaster. Is, that is really interesting. I mean, it's the weirdest game premise I've ever seen before in my life. Um, basically, it's like everyone purchases the game. Everybody increases a number. Everybody dies. Everybody decreases a number. Once the number of people that have purchased... like Basically, once everybody in the game has died once, it's over. Yeah. They do the finale, and then game's done which is insane. Like, it makes you want to get in from day one first. Absolutely. And it also, because, I mean, you want to be able to play this game. It is a survival horror game, so you want to be able to at least play it before the finale. You don't want to be the last person to play and then die. <laughs> and it's, you know, um, it's an experience to be part of, right? Like, yeah. you know, we, we talk so much about our our nostalgic feelings of you know playing smash brothers or whatever uh on the nintendo 64 like things that you know that they were they were an experience that will never be reproduced because they're um, you know they're a, a product of their time and where you are mm -hmm. in life and and that's why we have such fond memories this is artificially creating one of these types of experiences by limiting its access forever you've got this game that's going to be released once and and played through until somebody makes a kickstarter for the second one yeah yeah exactly or, or the hd remaster comes out like i'm sure that something's going to to you know bring this back to life or they'll do a number two whatever but for this very first one there's two ways i can see this going this game will be a complete steaming pile and you'll get this funny memory of being involved in this complete steaming pile that you know, made the internet go crazy and gamers go crazy and we all, like, jumped into this Superman 64-esque disaster. 
or this is going to be an amazing gaming experience that people will talk about for years. Oh, do you remember when we played The Flock? Have you heard about The Flock? You know, 10 years from now on Reddit, there's a TIL about The Flock, this gaming experience. And you'll remember, oh, I was there. Like, it's it's cool. See, I'm in the I'm in the race currently to get a PC that I think will be able to handle this modestly <laughs> before it comes out because it's only going to be out on PC on Steam. I I feel like 50% sure that my PC can handle it. It's uh, uh it, it's weird. It randomly like shuts off the entire power to my uh office. <laughs> I'm about 75% sure that my computer cannot handle it. <laughs> Um, I could be I could be wrong, but um, you'll wait for the tie-in the game on your uh, iPhone. Quote here: um, the creative director's quote is he he says a multiplayer game can take players to incredible heights, but at some point players start to play less, and that's quite true. Um, and in opposition to other multiplayer games, it's multiplayer. We want the flock experience to inspire a sense of awe to keep players eagerly anticipating what's coming next and to the end with a memorable climax. So basically he wants this um what would it be? this like ploy to sort of make people play more rather than people teeter off and become less interested. He wants people to become more and more interested as the count because there's an actual in-game clock as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, like you're gonna play this once, um, and maybe you know maybe a few times. Yep. There's an in-game clock that's literally counting down how many lives basically are left yeah. for the game, and you want to make sure that you're playing when it hits the end, basically. Absolutely. So you know there's gonna be a huge adoption right at the start, depending upon how big this 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 clock is, this this population. It may go on for a while, but it's definitely gonna draw you back to be sure that you're there for the end and you're ready for the end. You know it's not something you played two months ago. You played recently. You got yourself ready to go, ready for this big cinematic finale. It's it's exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's really. It's a really cool premise, and the game won't seem too bad either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're talking about the whole premise behind it, but the game doesn't seem too bad. Hopefully not. It's, Hopefully it's, a, not. Com it's a competitive horror game. Uh, every player is a monster, collectively called the Flock, um, and they're after an artifact, which is a light-filled item that transforms whomever, wh whomever holds it into a new creature. Uh, the goal is to hold the artifact for the longest stretch of time, fighting off Flock monsters... With the object's light. Um, so not only is there a population timer, but it goes down faster when more people are playing because they're killing people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's what it is. Um, so the more people that play, the faster the timer goes down. So hopefully they got a, a big one. <laughs> I, I assume so. Yeah, it, it's a really... I mean, the premise is what we were talking about, but the game's not too bad either. The game looks pretty cool. Absolutely, I'm. I'm. I'm Graphics are okay. They're pretty good. I watched the trailer. The trailer was interesting. Ugh. Well, we will know shortly when it comes out, and uh, and you and I jump on board and start playing it. We'll I'm going to be following this thing close. Absolutely. For sure. The Flock Watch 2015. 
<laughs> uh, it says it'll, it'll be playable at Gamescom. So I'm assuming the release is going to be near then. Likely. Because they said you can play it there, which makes me think that the clock's going to be going by that time. So it's either going to be released before then or then. Maybe, but I think they were saying also they're going to have early access to it. So Maybe. maybe that would be interesting to do. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. Whew. All right, Brad. We've been uh, we've been chatting for a while. We've yep. covered quite a bit today. It was uh, for what really was a, a shorter news week as the last two have been. It uh, it actually had a lot of exciting uh, exciting stuff happening. I'm not gonna tell you it didn't take me some digging to do, but yeah, no kidding. But but I did manage to find quite a few interesting things that. Like like the flock, it's just a little bit undercover, I guess. Um, <laughs> liter- literally, I heard about the flock two days ago. Literally, yeah. So had we casted this like last cast, wouldn't be in there because I hadn't heard of it yet. Yeah. Um. But yeah, pretty cool stuff. We talked about Tesla, the Amazon Prime bus, Shemu Three, Fallout Shelter, the beta codes for Rainbow Six Siege, the flock. I mean, this is a it was it was a slow week, but we managed to dig some stuff out of it. Absolutely. So you know we we we've got to let our our listeners go though. They're ending the they're, they're nearing the end of their commute or their run or their workout. But so very very happy uh, for all of our listeners who joined us. Um, and Brad, if if they want to follow you throughout the week, where can they find you? I can be found mostly on Twitter at bradbell underscore. Um, they can also find you on Twitter. They can, at Brad Rock, that is R-A-C-H, and that is Rock, that is not Rash, or Rack, or Rack, it is Rock. Um, I got some weird pronunciations this week, actually, uh, and I will be tweeting more often uh, now, because I just got myself a new phone, and I'm excited about that, so I'm tweeting, Woo-hoo! and Instagramming, and Vining, which is a thing, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, and then of course, they can also find me on my blog, uh, www bradrock.com where i blog about uh, a little bit of gaming project management productivity and reality tv that sounds like a blast it now that you got blast. social media going on like blast now i'm gonna have to kill you in my uh in my vault and have to send <laughs> <a picture>. oh <laughs> uh, i i want to see more uh more more tweets about me in your vault um, but no, Brad, it was a pleasure talking to you today. Uh, have yourself a great week. Everyone who listens, have yourself a great week. And we will be back with you recording every Sunday to talk about gaming and tech. See you later. See you later.